Praise the Lord, this is Brother Julius Adeomi. We are going through the book of the Gospel of Matthew. And we are now in chapter 9. And I pray that the Lord will give us insight as we, as we go through this verse by verse. And I will stop and pause and give comments, comparing scriptures with scriptures. Verse 1 of chapter 9 of Matthew. And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their face, said unto the sick of the person, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now this story is the same story that uh, a Mark reported, or yeah, Mark, Mark reported it that said they brought the man through the roof. And Matthew didn't go to that detail. And it was actually, Matthew was not there. It was actually after this that he called Matthew. He said the man was brought lying on a bed. But Mark said that it was when they, it was in the same house that they couldn't find a way to get inside and they looked through the roof and tear up the styling of the roof and drop the man with ropes. And Christ said to the man that is full of salvation after he saw their feet, Jesus seeing their feet said unto the sick of his son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now verse 3 says, and behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemed. And Jesus knowing their thoughts said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said ye unto the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thy house. And he arose, and departed to his house. When the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. The, the glorified God was giving such power unto men. Yes, well, you see, that is God, man, right now. But He has given the power to even we believers now that we should be doing the same thing in His name. And that's why His miracles are still happening in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when we analyze this story, compare that with what we say in the book of Mark, Matthew didn't detail what happened here. But the Lord Jesus Christ said, Which one is easier to say? To say that sins be forgiven you. Which no man can tell whether the sin was already forgiven, except unless you can see the record of heaven also. That's why these people that were sitting down that claimed to be scribes said, This is blasphemy. You can't just forgive anybody's sin. How are you sure that even his sin is forgiven? And Christ said, Even sure it's easier to say. Anybody can say, Your sins be forgiven you, which is like prayer, or your sins are forgiven. It's actually what the Bible says Christ said. Because if you say, Your sins be forgiven you. That is like a prayer. Also. But actually it was translated as thy sins be forgiven thee, which is prayer. But actually what it says is thy sins are forgiven. That means I am the one that have authority to just forgive the sin. That is really what he said. That's why they said this is blasphemy. Who can forgive sin except God alone? Also. So, see, it depends on how they translate. They translate that it says your sins be forgiven. Yeah, we can pray, Lord, Father, forgive me my sin. Father, forgive his sin. Your sins be forgiven you. That's prayer, but that's not what the Lord Christ was saying. The Lord just said, thy sins are forgiven you. 
And that's why the people that are hearing that will say, that's blasphemy. Nobody can forgive sin except God. But now Christ was saying, which one is easier to sin? Somebody, anybody can say that sins are forgiven you. Why are we sure that the sins are forgiven? When we cannot see the record in heaven. And so we are not really sure that it's, a, it's just a wasted talk. But Christ said, I will prove to you that I have power to forgive sin. And he said, I wish one is easier. To tell the man to rise up and walk, that's tough. Because you have to see if your own eyes are right. So if he really, if he really rise up and walk, everybody will know. So then I will do that so that you know that you have the power to forgive sin. That's what he said. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power now to forgive sin. Then he told the man, arise, take up thy bed, and go into the house. The man arose and walked and get, went to his house. Now that was the end of uh, chapter, that was verse 8. See, the, men, the people glorify God, which has given such power unto men. So God has given such power that we can forgive him, we can cast the devil out. That is amazing that God is even giving human beings that kind of power. Because it's not, Christ has said that the same power he has given to the church, which is we believers. That we have to forgive him. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted. That's because he is God from heaven also. For, us to go, 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 for, God, for God to give human beings that authority, that means he is Christ is God from heaven. Whosoever sins we remit, as sins now say is remitted, whosoever sins we retain, say they are retained. So God has given that power to men, to mankind, which as believers or not, can forgive sins. When somebody says, well, that means the Catholic Church that is doing that is, okay, if they are holy and righteous and they believe in faith, then they can be remitting sins too. We are not trying to say they cannot. But see, their method, their process, that they are, what they are doing become like a, like a money making. They say, do this penance, your sins are forgiven. Then that's how the Catholicism amass money. You know, that becomes wrong, not so evil. Verse 9. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew. That is the calling of this Matthew called Levi, who wrote this book. You believe he wrote the book? He said, a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said to him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, that is in the house of Matthew, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, why eat your master with publicans and sinners? Now, these publicans are the people that were collecting tax for Rome. They were Jews that were employed by a Roman Empire to be collecting tax because they will know their own people. And they want everybody to pay tax. So they, that's why they hired those publicans. And they call them publicans because they are working for Rome. But see, the Jews didn't like them. Why? Because you are working for the enemy as far as they are concerned. Paying tax to Rome is like paying enemies, oppressing us, charging us tax. But these people, not only that they are working for Rome, they are also cheating their own people by by overtaxing them, putting, pocketing some of the money. So that's why the Jews classify them as sinners. So now for Jesus Christ to be going and eat with them, that makes them say, wow, this man is eating with sinners. But Jesus had that, he said unto them, they that be old need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that means, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The Lord was telling them that his mission was to call sinners. These people you call sinners, Pharisees, decided the publicans, have come to make them repent and be saved. 
Repentance does not mean that they won't work for Rome anymore, but at least they are not shitting their people that should be some repentance. They are not pocketing, like John, John the Baptist told them when they said the publicans came and said, what shall we do? He said, that, don't overshadge people. That's what they are really doing wrong, not because they are working for Rome, but to the Jews, working for Rome itself is a sin to them. But see, that they are overcharging the people and pocketing the money, that is the one that really the offense. You can work for anybody you like. So, so Christ said he comes not for to the righteous, not to call the righteous yet, but for sinners to repentance. That's why he has to talk to them, meet with them, eat with them, right, to make them repent. Verse 14. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but thy disciples fast not? Now they are also just complaining about we see we are following John the Baptist, and we fast every time just to keep our faith as well. Your disciples are not fasting, they are just eating. And they ask him. And Jesus said unto them, verse 15, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But this will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fast. Now the Lord was trying to make them to see that he is the bridegroom that is still doing the miracles and signs and wonders. He is the one that has given them the power, and that he has done all the fasting he needed to do, 40 day fast before he started his ministry. He said, but when, this, this, when he is gone, as the bridegroom is gone from them, he said, they shall fast in those days. Verse 16, he won't further anyway. He said, no man put a piece of new cloth onto an old garment. For that which is put in to fill it up, take it from the garment, and the rent is made worse. In short, he's trying to give a parable here. Verse 17 again said, Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Those are parables that he was trying to tell you that you can't patch. You are not coming here to patch Judaism. This is a new wine. They, when they are passing Judaism, they do it the way the Moses said, just do it more. Do it the way Moses said, just do it more. Christ said, this is a new wine. You don't put new wine in old bottles. You've got to forsake the old bottles and get yourself a new bottle or new wine. So that is really what he said, that he has come to start a new thing. That's what the Lord is saying. Christ came to start a new thing in the kingdom of God, being preached. So the Moses law was saying, wait for this kingdom. And they didn't recognize that that's what Christ came to, to, to reveal. Verse 18. While he speak these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. Now this is the story of Jairus. The, the ruler was called Jairus in the book of Mark. That ran to Jesus Christ and said his daughter is sick and needed Christ to come and lay hand, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. Now, what you notice here is that the Lord Jesus Christ will meet you as wherever your faith level is. When they came to him, he meet them at their level. He could have, that Jairus man, that man could have said, speak from here, my daughter will be well. He didn't have that kind of faith, like that centurion had. So he was saying, come and lay your hand. And Christ threw up and followed him. So the Lord will follow, will lead you, will, will meet you at your level. Some people believe that they don't need to go for surgery. They, they are going to claim their miracle and God will meet them there if their faith is strong enough. That they will, the surgery will not be necessary. I have that testimony when we are having our own first child. When the doctors said they give up, they have to go for C-section to get the baby out. But we hang on to go and say, no, no C-section. We claim the victory and the Lord came through. 
Other people say, say, God, just help us through this C-section so that my wife is... And if that's how they believe, God also will help them there. That was the story of this Jairus that came, come and lay your hand and she shall live. And Christ didn't try to argue and say, well, I don't need to go to your house. I can say from here. That man's faith, it's not like that. That man's faith thinks, if I can just get this rabbi to come before terrible, terrible things happen, this baby, this my daughter will live. So Jesus Christ just arose and followed him. Verse 20, and behold, a woman which was deceived and issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be old. That's another miracle of a woman that heard about this story that people were touching this rabbi and they were getting healed. And she said to herself, if I also can touch her, I will get healed. And next she got the opportunity, she's going to take advantage of it. Verse 22, but Jesus turned him about and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made you. Now, Matthew was just summarizing this story. When you get to Mark, you see the detail of how it was reported here. That Mark said, the Lord Jesus Christ stopped and turned around and said, who touched my clothes? And everybody said, well, master, everybody's thronging you here. Why do you say who touched my clothes? And he said, virtue has gone out of me. Somebody has touched me. Because power, that's virtue, has gone out of me to heal somebody. And then the woman came and fell down and told the whole story. And then the Lord said, thy faith has made thee whole. It is the woman's faith that draw that anointing by touching. Touching him by faith, not just touching. Everybody's going to go, Master, no. Master, don't go there. Master, this way. That's not going to get the But they, that woman was touching with a confession that if I can just touch his garment, I will be made whole. She already said that to herself. So she was purposely touching the garment so that she may be made whole. And that's what drew the anointing and she felt it. And the Lord knew it also. And she almost felt that something snapped, you know, like an like electric shock that went through her body. And that's she, she got it. She got it. But Jesus Christ stopped and said, Who touched my clothes? Why? Because Jesus Christ wanted the woman not to hide the miracle. Testify so that everybody heard that this thing happened and then they will glorify God. You can't steal something from God. There's no secret here. The woman would not like everybody to know that she had this issue of blood. But she, now she sees she doesn't have issue of blood anymore. Testify that I once was this, but now I'm healed. Christ wanted us to testify. He said that when you, this is what he gave somebody that you have to say it, believe it, receive it, or something, and then thank God for it. I mean, it's like steps of getting your miracle. You've got to confess it first. After you hear this miracle worker, confess what you want. That is what the woman said. If I may but touch his garment, I shall be Oh, She said it within herself. That is saying it. After she said it, then she went and do it as touching the master. And then she received it. Because after she touched the master, she received the miracle also. But that's not all. Then she has to testify. That's confess it. That's the fourth step. And that is what God said. Everybody must do that. If you do that, you get your miracle. You must do the first part first. After you hear that this man can do miracles, you must say to yourself that if I also can touch him, I will get my miracle. You have to say it with your heart, in your mind. Mean it. I get if I can touch him, I will get my miracle. That was what the woman did. She heard and, and say it. Because if you don't say it, it means that you are not believing it. Say it. Then do it. At least go touch the man like you say you're going to touch. After she touch, you receive. And then you receive it, don't hide it. 
Confess it. That's the testifying. If you don't testify, that thing can disappear again. The miracle of God can disappear. So those four steps must be taken. I uh, thank God for reminding me of that. Because that was a minister of the church. I itemized those four steps that the Lord told him that if anybody will do four, those four things, you will get your miracle. The first thing is to say what you want to have. That is because you hear you can do it. Say it with your mouth that if I can touch him, I will be made whole. Then go do what you say. Do it. I do touch him. And then you receive it. And receive it after you touch him. Receive it. I receive it. Yes, I receive that healing. Yes, I receive that making of my body's middle. I confess it, my body's middle. Then testify. After you receive it, testify that I am made whole. Amen. And then it will be so. He said the woman was made whole from that hour. Verse 23. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrel, that's the people that come to sing for the morn, one with the day, and the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. And when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and he made a rose. Now he put them forth in the Gospel of Mark. He actually said, once the, when he was following that man, some people came from the house of the man and said, well, don't, you don't need to bother the rabbi anymore. The, the girl is dead. And Jesus Christ heard, he said, don't be afraid. Only believe. She shall be made whole. And then the Bible said, the Lord Jesus Christ didn't allow every crowd to follow him. He only take three people to be a witness. Peter, James, and John. said, you still follow me? Every other people, you all the disciples, all the apostles, stay here with them. Let them not follow. And then when he got to the house, only the mother and the father of the baby, he allowed them to come into the room. Send everybody out of the room before he even touched the, before he did anything. Many times we, sometimes we fail in doing that step. If the Lord said, send everybody out of the hospital room, you better do that. Otherwise, if you are afraid of the doctors, you are shy, the family members won't, uh, won't be pleased with that, then you are not going to obey God. If the Lord tells you that, send everybody out of the room before you even pray for the sick, you have to do what the Lord said. So that's exactly one of the steps that we have to take. Many times we are respective faces. Respectability is not of God. It's another offense. You can't be respecting the doctor's face. The doctor is there, nurses are there, and, and you went there to pray for this person. And the Lord said, send everybody out before you touch this man, before you pray anything, you better send them out. If they refuse to go, that means you can't do what just say, well, if you won't leave, I won't be able to pray, sorry, and leave. But if you are respecting them, say, well, I'll just pray because they refuse to leave, then nothing will happen. If God said, send them out, you better send them out. And that is sometimes what we miss many times because we respect faces. Or even you can say, send the woman out, the wife of the man that is sick. Or send, there's a testimony, a man of God that said he was preaching and preaching, something was not happening. He was preaching in his church and preaching like an evangelist and nothing was happening. And he prayed and the Lord told him that, tell the pastors and when you want to pray for the people tonight, tell the people Take the people to a separate room, not in the hall, and pray for them in that separate room. Don't even let the pastor come into that place. Say, How can I say the pastor of the church you don't come to the to that room? Say, don't let the pastor or his pastor's wife come with you into that room. Just line up the people in the room that you are praying for them, you alone and the people that you are praying for. And he did that and miracles happened, one after the other. And then the pastor of the church finally confessed to him that it may be perhaps he was one of the problems why the miracles were not happening because he was standing behind this preacher with unbelief. 
I mean, the preacher is lining people up, trying to pray, but he is, in his mind is doubting it, laughing in his heart. That doubt and unbelief is stopping the power of prayer of, of the Lord. And that is really what the, what the pastor himself confessed before this minister of God. That unbelief. And that's what God said. When the Lord said, send everybody out, you better send everybody out. Otherwise, nothing will happen. So that was the example Jesus Christ gave to us here. He sent everybody out of the room before he even touched the gate. But many times when we go to pray for the sick, maybe it's an hospital bed, and the doctors are there, the nurses are there, the mother, the father, the wife, the husband, they are all there. And you want to pray for this fellow? And the spirit say, no, they are, they are not right. They have to leave. So that you pray for this fellow. Maybe only the mother or the father should be there. And you are respecting the face of the doctors, the nurses. You didn't tell them to leave. Then nothing will happen. So those are the things we are trying to say. We have to stand our ground and say, I am a son of the God. If you don't do it the way, I won't need to pray. That's what we should always remember to do. Verse 25 is what we are reading. It says, But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame thereof went abroad into all that land. In the book of Mark, he said, He, he, he took the maid and said, Maid, I say unto you, arise. And Matthew didn't even say, He said, He just said, He took the maid by the hand, and the maid arose. In short, he woke up the baby. Verse 27. And when Jesus departed, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, as another house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Now, if you see in every place here, the Lord will say, According to their faith. According to their faith. According to their faith. So, which means your own faith is important in getting miracle from the Lord Jesus Christ. Not the, not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, we can say the Lord Jesus Christ is the one healing them. But he says it's according to their faith. If they have faith, why couldn't they get it without coming to Jesus? The anointing is upon Jesus. They are drawing the anointing by touching, by claiming it, by confessing it. They are drawing the anointing from the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I claim my miracle also for me. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, according to your faith, be it unto you. Amen. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man knew it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. Now, was that, are they disobeying by not telling but by telling people? Sometimes people said, If you want people to, a crowd to know, just tell this man, don't tell anybody, then he will go there. <laughs> but they went and told and spread abroad his fame. Verse 32. And as they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with the devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitude's mouth said, It was never so seen in Israel. Oh, yeah, it has never been done like that before. Even after that, after the apostles started doing signs and wonders, some of this happened. And the Lord is one that's doing it also. It's the same Jesus that's still doing the miracle through us, through believers, through preachers. The same Jesus is still alive. Why? Because he rose up from the dead and went up to heaven and he's now in us. And he's everywhere. He said, We are two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. So it is the Lord Jesus Christ that is still doing these miracles that you are seeing, whether through some major ministers, some prophets, or when we individual of us go and pray for the sick and the miracle happens, it is still the same Jesus that is still doing all those things. Praise the Lord. Verse 34. But the Pharisees said, he casted out devils through the prince of the devils. Now, that's, that is, the Pharisees wanted to 
to, to balance blasphemy. Most of the time, they wanted to, to make people go away from this man. That's when they would try to accuse or, or attach what they are saying to attribute it to Satan. If they can say it's Satan that is doing it, then people will run away also. And they say, well, it's not, it's the devil that is doing these miracles. Verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now, the Bible says every sickness and every disease. And in our own case, the Bible shows that Christ has given unto us the spirit by nature. But the Lord Jesus Christ came with all the fullness of the Godhead bodily in him. So he didn't have the spirit by measure according to what the gospel says that in the gospel of John chapter 1, he is out of his fullness that we all receive. And he is the fullness of the Godhead and now when he is distributing the Holy Ghost to us, we all receive different measure of the Holy Spirit. That's why we do some part, this fellow can do some part, but when two people gather together, we do some more. Also, if we are two or three that gather together, I'm there in their midst. Then whatever two of you can agree, shall be done. So that is when two or three can do some, something more. But it is distributed to us by nature. So that sometimes this minister's anointing will only heal this type of diseases and not that type of disease. This minister's anointing will only that kind of diseases and not that type of diseases. This minister's anointing will only perform this type of miracles and not that type of miracles. But the Lord Jesus Christ, because he is the fullness of the Godhead, he was healing every sickness and every disease among the people. That's what that verse 35 is telling us. Verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, when, I, when we look at how much the world is so large, and we are preaching here and there. It's, it's amazing that it takes a lot of, it says it's a, it's a big field. And the preachers are few, not just few, even the multitude of preachers. That's why God allowed internet, allowed radio, allowed television to be developed, so that through all those media, we are reaching many more people. Through all those media, of course, they will use those media to do its own effort too. But the gospel has been going to the parts of the world that we cannot even reach through television, cannot even reach through radio. You can't even reach if you have to fly there and travel there. It takes many hours just to go from one country to another country to do miracles, you have to do revival. It takes many months of preparation. And yet, if they can get to them through radio, many people are getting radio signals and they are able to listen, or through television, or through this media now, internet. It's reaching many more people. God allowed that to propagate the gospel. That's why he said, the harvest is truly is plenteous. This palace is a huge place. And yet we are just, the old woman race are just on about one third of the, of the ground, dry ground, while the rest is covered by water, ocean. But you should pray, therefore, to the Lord of the harvest that he will send four laborers into his office. The Lord was telling him, Mr. that that's silly what you should pray. Pray that Lord send laborers. Because some people will not listen so they have neighbors that have believed Christ. Maybe some other neighbors we will listen to. The same laborers, God knows those they will listen to. And those people that they will listen to, if God send them to cross their path, they will listen and then they will begin to repent. So we pray that the Lord will send laborers to the field so that many more will come into the kingdom and this thing can be completed. Praise the Lord. This will be the end of chapter 9. We are going to chapter 10 in the next broadcast.
God bless you.